Hello, hello, you guys. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. I hope you guys are having an amazing week, and if not, it's almost over, so don't worry. We'll get through it together. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you guys if you could go ahead and click that subscribe button as well as rate and review the podcast really quick. It'll take two seconds, and it really does help spread the awareness on these cases and allows me to keep reporting on them and keeping you guys up to date on what's going on with them. Now, for today's episode, as you can tell by the title, we are talking about Melody Ann Jones. Now, this case is an unsolved case, and this case is a little different than most that I cover because we are unsure, in this case, if Melody Ann Jones is a victim or a murderer. It could go one of two ways here. So with that being said, let's just dive right on into this case. So Melody Ann Jones was 19 years old when she went missing missing from Earlsboro, Oklahoma on May 4th, 1983. Melody was married to a man named Paul Richard Jones, who was just one year older than her. So he was 20 years old at the time. And the two of them had been married for about two years. And there isn't too much of a backstory that I have for you. And that's probably considering the time period that this all occurred in. So we are just going to cut straight to it and jump into the actual crime. So on Wednesday, May 4th, 1983, Melody went fishing with her parents and siblings at the Shawnee Twin Lakes in Oklahoma. Now, Melody's family was very close and they were always doing different activities together and fishing was a pretty common one for them to do. So this was nothing out of the ordinary. And after a full day of fishing, Randall, who's actually Melody's younger brother, drove her back to her house where she lived with Paul at about 10.30 p.m. that night. Melody asked Randall to stay the night with her that night, which wasn't really unusual because sometimes Randall would spend the night at his sister's house, but this night Randall declined on spending the night and just dropped Melody off and drove home. Now, Randall did say that when he dropped Melody off, he saw that the lights were on inside of the house and the door was left a little bit open. And he said that when Melody opened the door, he saw a man standing in the doorway that he assumed was Paul, her husband. And after that, Randall just drove right on home. So Melody worked at a Dairy Queen and she was scheduled to work the next day on May 5th, but Melody actually never ended up showing up to her shift, which is when a fellow employee of hers called Melody's mother, Carol, to see if she knew where Melody was. Carol said she hadn't seen her, wasn't sure why she didn't show up to work. It was pretty unlike her. So she decided that she was going to drive over to Melody and Paul's house just to make sure everything was good and to see why Melody didn't show up for work that day. Like I said, it was pretty unusual for her. So Carol just wanted to make sure everything was okay. So Carol got to the house and she got out of the car, walked through the door, and that's when she found Paul Jones laying in bed and he had been stabbed to death. There was also a .12 shotgun. I don't know if I'm like saying that gun name right. I'm really not familiar with guns, but they had a shotgun at the foot of the bed that Melody and Paul normally kept in the corner of their bedroom. So the gun was moved. And Carol, obviously horrified with what she's been seeing, she then starts looking around for Melody and realizes that Melody was nowhere to be found.
When Carol started looking around the home for Melody and realized that Melody was nowhere to be found, that is when she decided to call the police and report her son-in-law, Paul Jones, as murdered, as well as her daughter as missing. And when the police arrived at the Jones residence, they noticed that there was no sign of forced entry, there was no sign of a robbery or any domestic dispute. They were able to find Melody's purse and glasses were still at the house and everything inside Melody's purse had actually been turned and dumped onto the floor. Now, Melody wore glasses on a regular basis too. I think she was actually legally blind without her glasses. So those were something that she would definitely take with her. And Paul and Melody's car was also still in the driveway and no other items were missing from their home. And police were never actually able to recover a murder weapon from the crime scene. And what I'm about to tell you is actually going to blow your mind. So it wasn't until a month later, a month after this murder in June, that the Jones family went through Paul and Melody's home and found a pair of scissors and immediately turned those over to the police. The investigators then took the scissors to the medical examiner's office, which at that point, conveniently, the skin samples disappeared. Yes, you heard me. Let me just, let me break that down for you. So to break that down a little bit, the Jones family handed over these pair of scissors to the investigators in 1983. It wasn't until 1985 that the medical examiner received these scissors. It took two years, two years, two years for this piece of evidence to be given into the hands of the person that it needed to be with the whole time. And five days after it was given to the medical examiner, the medical examiner reached back out to the investigator and said that the skin tissue had been misplaced. Obviously, this was many, many years ago, a couple decades ago, and things were done very differently, but it is just mind-blowing to me that it would take two whole years to get a piece of evidence, a key piece of evidence, a murder weapon, possibly, to the medical examiner to see if there's any possible DNA on it. So now I wanna rewind a little bit and go back to May 5th, the day that Paul Jones was discovered in his master bedroom. So Paul Jones's mother, Marge, arrived at the house and police let her see Paul, who had just been brutally stabbed, and she made a pretty interesting discovery. According to her, she said that there was no blood. She said there was no blood anywhere. There was no blood on the white carpet that they had. There was no blood on the curtains or on the walls or on the ceiling. And this is all surrounding Paul Jones, who was laying there, had just been stabbed. So because of this lack of blood, Marge came to the conclusion that there was no way that Paul could have been stabbed there because there was no blood spatter anywhere near him. She said Paul was a very healthy man. He had no medical issues. And so any healthy person who had been stabbed should have blood spatter anywhere. And I think that goes for most people. Most people would have blood spatter if they got stabbed. And so for her not seeing any of that, it really threw off a red flag in her mind because she was like, how is it possible that he gets stabbed here and there is no blood anywhere? Which is a valid question. I mean, why would he get stabbed and how is it so seamless? You know, how is it so clean? He just got stabbed. And so according to police, they said that this fact doesn't prove or disprove the murder took place elsewhere and they continue their searches, which to me being translated means that they didn't have enough evidence to prove or disprove that he was murdered in the bedroom or he was 
wasn't murdered in the bedroom. So as of this point, the police didn't know if Melody had been kidnapped, murdered, or possibly even responsible for her own husband's murder. All they knew is that she was missing and that they needed to find her. And police started talking to neighbors about that night on May 4th, and they said that they heard yelling and screaming as well as car doors slamming that night, but they didn't want to get involved, so they decided to not call the authorities. They said that they were too scared to call the authorities, which is kind of odd to me. I feel like that's interesting wording, that they were scared to call the authorities and scared to get involved. And that statement, them being scared, really kind of makes me question what kind of couple Melody and Paul were, because it wasn't like the neighbors said that they didn't think anything was wrong, so they didn't call the police. The neighbors specifically said that they were scared, so they didn't call the authorities because they didn't want to get involved. So why, like what type of people did Melody and Paul have to be that their neighbors were afraid to call the police? You know, it just, it kind of threw up a little red flag in my mind, but let's go back to talking about Melody. So Marge and Melody, Paul's mother and Melody actually used to work together. They were housekeepers at a hotel. And according to Marge, she said that Melody was addicted to watching soap operas and would have them on in every room that they were cleaning. Melody would say things to Marge like she could get away with murder and that she could get a new driver's license and social security card for $50 on the street. I do want to say with this information, it is important to remember who it's coming from. And we'll dabble into this a little bit later, but I do think it's important to kind of get your mind awake to the fact of who is saying what and what they are saying and why they're saying it. You know, Marge, her son was murdered and she has zero answer, which I know personally is something that I can never even fathom. Like I cannot even imagine. I can't relate to what she's going through and the emotions that she was dealing with. And I think just from an outsider's perspective and kind of what my senses were telling me while doing my research is that it's important to remember who is saying what and what they're saying, because obviously Marge wants answers. And sometimes it's easy to kind of make these answers up for yourself and for your own peace of mind. Does that mean that she's lying about what she's saying? Absolutely not. She could be a hundred percent right on what she's saying but the fact of the matter is we don't know and it's just kind of like he said she said at this point and so it is important to remember that as we continue which I'm sure you guys already probably picked up on but it's just something that I wanted to state before we continue so Marge also said that after the murder she was actually receiving these threatening phone calls like death threats because apparently she was sharing too much information with the police and according to her these calls were coming from a man but she was never able to learn who they were actually coming from so she never learned the identity of the person that was supposedly calling her. This case is one that doesn't have a lot of like evidence and it doesn't have a lot for me to tell you as far as the series of events that took place that night. That's why this case is unsolved because there is no answers. Obviously, this was many, many years ago, so DNA testing is a lot less advanced than it is now. I definitely think it's something that police should reopen, but because of how far in the past it was, it doesn't really have as many answers as we would like now and as much as I would like to give you now. So that really is it for as far as what we know. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? 
Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. So let's move on to possible motives because then we can get into theories and I'll tell you my thoughts and things like that. So the possible motives for this case were actually pretty interesting. So authorities were able to find that there was at least one life insurance policy on Paul Jones. There could have been two, but they were only able to find one. And that policy went into effect less than a month before Paul Jones's murder. It was actually dated on April 22nd, 1983, which is less than two weeks before Paul Jones was murdered. And the surviving spouse was actually the primary beneficiary and would collect the payout. But if no spouse existed, then it would go into an estate instead. And it isn't known if anyone has ever collected the policy, but what I can tell you is as of two years after the murder, no claim had been made. So even if Melody did run off and wanted to claim this life insurance policy, she didn't do it within two years after the murder. So I think that's very telling as well. But this is important because Paul and Melody did have some financial trouble and one of them closed an overdrawn checking account. And Paul's mother, Marge, actually said that another motive for this, another possible motive could have been drugs. And that's because there were rumors and some talk about how Melody and Paul would dabble in smoking pot. But Marge insisted, insisted that her son did not smoke pot. And now I don't know how much I believe that Paul didn't and Melody did or whatever. I don't really think that that's super important. Maybe he didn't, who knows, but there were no signs of alcohol in Paul's system once he was murdered, but it's uncertain if the medical examiner ever checked for drugs. So he wasn't drunk, but we don't know if there was any drugs in his system when he died. So there have actually been several sightings of Melody since the murder of Paul. According to Marge, she said that she actually saw Melody driving down the same exact road that her and Paul lived on and says that the neighbor said that they also saw her on the property and that there was a bus with Mexico license plates on it. Along with that, there was also a sighting of Melody in Port Lavaca, Texas, and another one in Oklahoma City. And as of now, Melody would be 50 today, or she would be in her 50s today, and she is 4 foot 11 with brown hair and hazel eyes. If Melody ever did go back to the house, I think that that is so insane. I can't even imagine like why she would ever go back to the house. And it kind of makes me wonder like why, if that's true. I have trouble believing it because if like in my mind, if she was to murder her husband and then be on the run, the last thing that she would do, the last person that any sane person would do, which if you're murdering your husband, you're not sane. So that might not be relevant here, but the last thing you would think you would do if you don't want to be caught is go back because if you leave it looks like you could have gotten kidnapped but if you if you go back you're alive so so it's definitely weird and I have a really hard time wrapping my head around that one because you know why why would she come back if she did come back why did she come back and even the neighbor said that she saw her there in a bus with a Mexican license plate so why 
did she come back? I think that that is the last thing you would think of doing if you did something like this and if you were responsible for this. The last thing you want to do is get caught. So why would you come back. It's just very, very odd to me. So let's just talk about all of this for a second, because I know I threw a lot at you pretty quickly and I just kind of want to break it down. I want to talk about some theories and my thoughts on this. And I have some theories that I didn't see when doing my research. So I wanted to kind of bring them up here with you guys, see what you think about it. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So obviously Marge, like I said, is very highly invested in this case as she should be because it's her son's murder. Of course, she's going to be invested in this case. She wants answers and wants to make sense of what happened. And I do think that some things that she says could be more so what she wants answers to. So she's going to link Melody to any theory that she can fit in if it makes sense like in her mind she's made it out that melody is already responsible for this like there's no other like solution other than melody has done this from what i have read and i'm not saying that melody is responsible for this but i'm also not saying she isn't because we have so little information to go off of that the theories here are really endless so i want to bring up my two that kind of i've been going back and forth with for a little bit so my first theory is that Melody was having an affair and this could have gone one of two ways. Melody was either having an affair with someone who the two of them came together and they decided they wanted to be together and they decided the best way to do that and the quickest way to do that was by eliminating Melody's husband, Paul Jones, from the picture. We see that happening in so many cases where the husband kills the wife or the wife kills the husband to continue on with an affair that they've had without having to go through a divorce or drama or money or whatever. And not saying that this is in any way, shape or form the correct way to go about a situation like this, because it obviously is not, but it's not unheard of. And so that was honestly the first thing that I thought of when I heard Randall's story of seeing someone in the doorway when dropping Melody off the night of May 4th. And let's say she was having an affair. You know, the two of them could have come together and coerced this plan and said that this man was going to act as a robber and then end up killing Paul Jones and Melody would act as a victim as well until he got murdered. And then they would, you know, leave together and ride off into the sunset. I think a second option here is the fact that they could have teamed up together. Melody and this man that she was supposedly having an affair with could have teamed up together against Paul because two against one is always easier than one against one, obviously. Or Melody had left that day knowing that this man was going to come and murder Paul. But that doesn't really explain the fact that the neighbors said that there were screaming and yelling. You would think that there was some sort of a fight. And if Melody just said, go in and do it, you, you would think that they would just leave right after that, you know? Or the third option I thought, which kind of stems off of this whole thing is let's say she was having an affair and let's say this person told her, you know, I want to be with you. I want it to just be you and me. Like I'm in love with you, yada, yada, yada. And Melody didn't feel the same way. She said, I have a husband. This was just a one-time thing. This is a fling. I didn't want, I don't want anything more than that. And this really bothered whoever she was having an affair with to the point that on this day that Melody was gone, she came home and realized that her husband was dead and the person that she had been having this affair with was the person who killed him. 
and then he kidnapped her took her hostage possibly murdered her after that we really don't know there's so many theories that could stem from this one which is why i'm really just kind of dabbling with all of them a little bit because i want to see what you guys think is the most likely so the second theory that i have thought about and this is because of the financial struggle that we mentioned earlier and the fact that melody and paul were also you know dabbling in pot and all of that there is a big possibility in my mind that if melody and paul were having financial problems and they were also dabbling in drugs which obviously was much i mean it is much more easily accessible now than it was back then and sometimes when you deal with drug dealers and things like that you never know who you're dealing with and a lot of times back then and sometimes now you know you never know like i said you don't know so the person that you're dealing with could be much more dangerous than you think to me i think it's possible that melody and paul possibly didn't have the money to pay for the drugs that they were buying or there was some sort of deal between them and the drug dealer that they had and maybe they weren't holding up their end of the deal which made the drug dealer very angry which in return caused him to kill paul and possibly melody as well because if paul and melody were both murdered i think that the person who murdered them is obviously extremely smart dangerous and knows what he's doing and i'm not saying drug dealers are murderers but what i am I'm saying is that it's easy to get involved with the wrong people when living a lifestyle such as that. I think it's extremely possible that they made the wrong person mad without knowing it and that costed them their life ultimately. I think that, you know, like uh, the reason I said that this person has to be smart is because there was no sign of force entry. There was no DNA recovered from what we know. And Melody has never been found to this day as well as a murder weapon has never been like officially found to this day. So I think whoever did this carried this out very, very well. And I know that, you know, drug dealers sometimes live a reckless and rebellious lifestyle and they could probably pull something off like that that's all i'm saying and so i don't think it's out of the question and then the last theory that i have in this case is a pretty standard one for most kidnapping and murder cases that usually doesn't turn out to be the case however but that is the theory that a stranger had come in and murdered paul and kidnapped or murdered melody as well maybe there was someone who was stalking melody and decided that they needed to get paul out of the picture to get what they wanted my question is more towards the neighbors i think that they're very key in this considering the fact that there isn't a lot of information to go off of i would be very interested to know if the neighbors saw anyone else that night at the house and would also be interested to know if like because they said that there was a bunch of car door slamming and there was a bunch of screaming and yelling i would be interested to see if they kind of peeked out their windows and saw another car in the drive way or if they saw melody or paul slamming the doors yelling at each other how their demeanor seemed if they seemed scared or if they seemed more angry you know it's definitely interest i would be fully interested to know how that played out if the neighbors did see anything like that all in all you guys this case is made up of a lot of theories and that is because of the lack of information that we have and honestly i really do think that this case can be solved i really truly truly do and i think it can be solved by dna i think 
because of the progress and the advancements that DNA technology has made since 1983, I would be super interested to see if police could reopen this case and possibly go in again, see if there was any DNA that was left on the at the crime scene or in the house in general, you know, see if there was any DNA on the purse, see if there was any DNA in the items in the purse, around the bed, on Paul Jones, you know, any of those types of things I think would be key in solving this case to see if there was a third or fourth party involved. We don't know. It could have been more than one person that was involved in this. Because at the end of the day, there's one of two things that happened. Either Melody murdered her husband or someone had come inside the house and murdered Paul and kidnapped Melody as well as murdered her later. So either way, these families have not gotten justice. There is someone out there who committed such heinous acts who hasn't been held responsible or accountable for what they have done and could very likely do it again. And I think it's super important because, you know, we don't know if Melody was the murderer or if she was murdered. It's a crazy, crazy thing to just like question. Like Melody was not in that house. Why was Melody not in that house? And for Melody to never have been found to this day, no trace of her anywhere, I think is very telling as well. It either tells me that she is on the run and she has not been found or that whoever did this, if it wasn't Melody, is super good at what they're doing. So I think it's super important that we keep talking about this case. Who knows what could happen? With that being said, you guys, I would love to know your theories on this case. If you could send them in at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. That is also where you can send me your case recommendations or you can DM me. My at is just at Savannah Brimer on Instagram and Twitter. And I love to talk to you guys about these cases just on email or on Instagram or Twitter. I always chat with you guys about them. Love to hear your theories. Love to hear what you guys have to say. I love hearing your guys' point of view because it's just an actual conversation that we're starting and kind of getting the word snowballed up. And so I love that. So please continue to do that. Like I said, if you have any other case suggestions, you can also send them into my email that I mentioned as well. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. If you could just go ahead, like I said in the beginning of this episode, and hit that subscribe button, give me a rate and review. That would be absolutely amazing. I would really appreciate it, and it would help me out a ton. I will be back next week for another episode. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next week. Stay safe, guys.